From Ortho Carolina, this is the Between the Bones podcast, where we talk about all things orthopedics. We chat with doctors, patients, and medical device experts to help you understand what goes on in your skeleton and what goes into taking care of it. So let's dive in as we go Between the Bones. So it was fun. Like, first of all, it was fun because who gets to design an arm, right? Like you don't get to design an arm every day. The prosthetist that comes down, um, he has been amazing. The surgeons have been amazing. The entire team, like I cannot say enough good things about them. You know, at the end of the day, it's not a, it's not a new arm, it's a tool. Following the loss of a limb, many patients do not have the financial resources to obtain a prosthesis. Though expensive, prosthetic limbs can make a huge difference in regaining confidence, navigating the world, and performing day-to-day activities. Today on our show, we're talking with Amy Reamer. Following her cancer diagnosis in 2017, Amy's care team was forced to amputate her left arm at the shoulder. Her insurance claim for a specialized prosthetic arm after the amputation was denied. This left her without the ability to perform basic tasks like packing lunches for her kids. Amy recently received a donated custom robotic arm through the organization Arms for All. Amy now shares her story and gives back in several capacities, volunteering with the Victory Center and spreading hope as a motivational speaker and soon-to-be book author. Amy also has a courageous and impactful story, and we're so pleased to have her on the show today. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to share your story with us, and, uh, and I can't wait to hear it. So tell us about your cancer diagnosis, your treatment story, and what prompted the need for your arm to be amputated. Yeah, so my story starts uh, about four years ago. I was first diagnosed with uh, stage three myxofibrosarcoma in my left upper arm, and that was in March of 2017. So I had had a lump in my arm, uh, but I was pregnant with my fourth child, and so they kind of just did an ultrasound and they didn't think it was anything to worry about. So after the baby was born, they did an MRI just to be sure that it really, really was nothing and come to find out it was something very bad. And so uh, we found out that uh, they did some biopsies and we found out that it was stage three sarcoma, which is basically like a tumor growing in the soft tissue of my arm. So mine was in my deltoid muscle. And so at that time, I went through a treatment plan or, you know, set up a treatment plan with my team and uh, we decided that I was going to do 12 weeks of chemotherapy. And then I was going to have what's called like a radical resection of my deltoid muscle and basically all the tissue around that area. And then I would go through like 30 to 35 radiation treatments. So that was how I spent my uh, 2017 uh, I went through all of that treatment that year. And mind you, I, you know, I had a two month old at the time that, that I was first diagnosed. So my kids were two months, two years, four years, and six years old when I was first diagnosed. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is, that's a lot all at one time. And so, so what were your first thoughts and, and even what were your first fears when you found out that your arm needed to be amputated? Well, so yeah, so um, I was, after that treatment plan in 2017, I was cancer-free for two years. Then in 2019, I had a recurrence where it came back, not in the exact same spot, but um, kind of like above my lymph nodes in my left armpit. So similar area, but not exactly the same spot. So I had another surgery, more radiation treatment, 
And then the following year in 2020, uh, they saw another tumor, well, two tumors actually, one in the original tumor bed and then one in the secondary tumor bed. And so at the end of two, uh, the summer 2020, I had two, uh, like, I think one or two, I don't know if they biopsied them both, another biopsy, which confirmed that my cancer was back for the third time. And so that's when I got the recommendation where my team kind of met and said, your best chance at beating this once and for all and surviving and, you know, really getting all of this cancer out of your body is to have what's called a four quarter amputation. And so, uh, a four quarter amputation actually means that they take off your entire arm, your shoulder, your clavicle, and your scapula. So basically everything on the left side from my neck down to my side had to be removed in order to get all of the cancer out. Wow. I mean, that that's that's gotta be shocking and, and kind of hard to process at first. So so tell me like what was that experience like? What were your thoughts? What were your fears? And and how did you how did you go through it? So for me, I had been saying from the very beginning of my cancer journey, I, I read a lot. And so I read a lot of um, different you know stories and articles and things like that. And I knew that an amputation was a possibility, but it's very, very less common today than it was years ago when they didn't have the type of treatment that they do today. And But I still think that in the back of my mind, I sort of had been preparing myself for that for it to come to that at some point. And so it doesn't make it any easier, but I think when I heard my doctor on the other end of the phone, and I don't even think she said the words, I I said to her, it's time, isn't it? And she said, it's time. And I just knew that I had been through so much over, you know, it was what, three and a half years at that time. I'd been through so much in those three and a half years or three years And I had fought so hard and I was just like, I'm not going to stop fighting. Like I have four little kids at the end of the day. That's what this was all about. Like I need to be a wife for my husband. I need to be a mom for my kids. And at the end of the day, I just need to live. I had, I told my doctor that so many times, like do what you have to do. I just need to live. Like my kids need me here on earth and I need to live. And so it was still very shocking. I think the the part that was the most shocking for me is the type of amputation. I guess in my mind, I was like kind of preparing that they would take my arm off, but I didn't think that they would have to take my shoulder, my clavicle, my scapula. And that's just a lot more deforming. I mean, it's all kind of deforming, but that's a lot more deforming. And I think that was probably the biggest shock for me, but, you know, telling my husband and my family and my friends and our kids, that was really, really hard. Um, but I know, you know, my husband and I both know that they feed off of our emotions. And so I just decided from the very beginning that I was not going to let this suffering go to waste. And I decided from the very beginning that God was writing my story and I, my choice was how I was going to tell my story. And I didn't want to tell it from a place of dark and gloom. And I decided I wanted to tell it from a place of hope and joy and positivity. And so I kind of just pushed those thoughts away and just said, I'm going to, this is it. This is my life. There's nothing I can do to change it. This is my story. This is my battle. And so hopefully I continue to tell it from that place. Yeah. You know, a year later. I mean, I I love that perspective. I mean, you said, you know, I'm not going to let this suffering go to waste and and you're going to use it 
and and use it for good. And that is really profound. Uh, and so I'd like to, but, but I would like to go back to kind of those early days, uh, right after the amputation and you're, you're managing with your kids, you're seeing your kids for the first time. And then, and then you have a lot of challenges as a, as a mother and just living in general. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I had, you know, when we told our kids that I was going to have my arm amputated, obviously they were really upset and they were crying and they were asking me how I was going to do all these things. And I just told them from the very beginning, I will find a way to do everything. There's nothing that I'm not going to be able to do. I had that in my mind from the very beginning. I will find a way. And so I knew that they were watching that and they were going to see like, you know, how I was going to do things. And so I, it took a lot of grace for myself and a lot of patience. Uh, There were times where I, you know, couldn't figure something out or I couldn't do it. Or especially like if I was in a rush where I would just like, be like, I can't do this right now. And I would ask for help, but I would always come back to that, whatever it was, that task. And I would figure it out, you know, maybe at a later time or a later date, because this was my life. Like I have one arm now for the rest of my life. And so I needed to figure that out. Uh, for me, I think the, you know, some of the biggest things were just like caring for my kids and being able to, you know, um, cook meals and pack their lunches. And, you know, I learned to use my knees and my feet and my mouth as sort of my helping hand, if you will. Um, but yeah, there were, it, it really, you know, tasks were really difficult and it, there's really nothing that you do the same way with one hand, arm or one hand that you do when you have two. So it was kind of like relearning everything. Mm. And how did your kids respond? I mean, just to the difference in your own body, like how, how was, how were, how were they with that? You know, I think that because I was okay with it, they were okay with it. If I, I know, so I have two girls and two boys, my boys were like, that's weird, you know, whatever. And I think for my girls, like I wanted them to know that I was okay. And, you know, I always tell them like that they're beautiful no matter what, like God made them to be exactly who they are and they're perfect. And so I had to, I had to tell myself that too. Like I had to tell myself, you know, I I'm still beautiful, even with this, you know, deformity really. And, um, I had to kind of get my mind wrapped around it so that I could then show my kids that I still felt beautiful and that I still had confidence and that I wasn't afraid to go in public. And I wasn't afraid if somebody saw me with one arm because I didn't want them to be scared of it or ashamed of it or, you know, have weird feelings about it. And, and again, your kids just feed off of you. They feed off of your emotions. So, I think that kind of was a motivator for me. I, I don't, if I didn't have kids, maybe I would have responded differently, but I think they were a motivator for me to kind of just push forward and get out there. And I was coaching my daughter's softball team at the time. And she, I think I had surgery on a Tuesday and she asked me if I would coach on Sunday. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. But, you know, I went to the game, I sat in the car, I, you know, cheered her on from the passenger seat. And I think three Sundays later, I was back out on the field coaching and not just for her, but for myself and for the rest of the girls on the team. I mean, these are, you know, they were what, 10 years old at the time. So these are 10 year olds to be able for them to see that I wasn't going to let this stop me. I wasn't going to let this hold me back. I think um, hopefully was inspiring. to Man, that is inspiring. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, that's a great story. So, so fast forward a little bit, you got connected 
to Arms for All in Ortho, Carolina, and that's how you ended up getting uh, the, I think, the robotic arm. Can you can you give us like give us tell us that story? How how did you get connected? That is a crazy story that started like ten years ago. Okay, so ten years ago, I met this lady through my work, and we ended up, you know. Going our separate ways, she, she we, our paths, you know, kind of crossed. But then, like through what I was doing and through what she was doing, we ended up not working together. And then she kind of continued to follow me on social media, and she continued to follow my story. And so, as my cancer diagnosis was coming out, and um, when she found out that I was going to have my amputation, she actually reached out to me and connected me with her cousin who lives in Charlotte, and her cousin. Um, about I think three years ago now, had her arm bit off by a shark and had to have her arm amputated after a shark attack. So she connected me with her cousin, who was the person that I talked to the night before my surgery. And I knew instantly that this girl, Tiffany, and I were going to be friends for life. Like so many similarities. We're both moms. We have young kids. We're both motivated. We're determined, all this stuff. So Tiffany and I became friends. So through my amputation, through my whole prosthetic journey here in, you know, my area, I had been sharing with Tiffany, some of my frustrations. And I just said, you know, I can't figure out like how to get this team on board with what I want. Like I want, you know, cause for my type of amputation, because it's so high, very few people use a prosthetic because it has to like strap around my entire body. And it's, you know, it's, it's different than like a hand prosthetic or, a, you know, below the elbow prosthetic. So I, I kept hearing that. I kept hearing that, but I was like, no, like I am going to do this. Like I'm going to find a way. And so Tiffany said, you need to talk to my surgeons down here in Charlotte. So she connected me with them having no, no idea that they had this arms for all things started. So I talked to them. I do like a video conference with them for one hour, five days later, I get a phone call. I'm sitting in my, I'm pulling in my driveway. I get a phone call and it's Dr. Gaston on the other end. And he said, so we didn't even tell you this on your phone call, but we recently started an organization called Arms for All. And we have enough money for our first two recipients and we want to give you an arm. Now, let me tell you, I am not speechless very often in my life, like ever. I was like, just tears were just streaming down my face and I was completely speechless. I did not know what to say. And I think it was, because I didn't even, I didn't call them about arms for all. I called them to just see if they could help me on my journey. Little did I know that like all of this was going on behind the scenes. And then for them to choose me, someone from so far away who they met one time, I was just like, I was speechless, shocked, and so, so, so grateful. So it's just amazing to me how all the pieces of that fell into place starting, you know, years and years ago. Wow. That's, Fantastic. That's such a great story. So, so tell me then, what was it like working with the orthopedic surgeons and the prosthesis experts? And how did you work to customize your robotic arm? So it was fun. Like, first of all, it was fun because who gets to design an arm, right? Like you don't get to design an arm every day. So um, the prosthetist that comes down, um, he covers that region. He has been amazing. The surgeons have been amazing. The entire team, like I cannot say enough good things about them. The, the, what I've gotten done in the short time of knowing them compared to the long period of time that I didn't get 
you know, very far in my prosthetic journey here um, just speaks volumes to their team and the way they work. Uh, so for me, it was really fun. You know, we started out by just saying, what do you, what are you really looking for and what is really important to you? And I think the most important thing was a functional hand that could help me grasp things and hold things. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a, it's not a new arm, it's a tool. Uh, so it's a, it's a whole different kind of aspect than like having two arms again, but the most important thing was to have that functional robotic hand. And then we talked about, you know, just being able to move the elbow, being able to move the shoulder if I needed to. Uh, but that was not as important as being, having a robotic and a functional hand. So we decided to do a functional robotic hand that is like a myoelectric hand. So I control the opening and closing of the hand by contracting my like pec muscles in the front and by my trap muscle in the back. That's how I open and close my hand. And then the wrist, I can turn with my right hand. I can turn the wrist and it kind of locks into place. I can bend the elbow and click a button to lock that into place. I can move the shoulder around if I need to, you know, position my arm in different ways. Uh, but yeah, like a, a prosthetic, you can always build on it too. So you kind of start with something that is easily controlled and that I can control. And then you can build on it as I get really good at it. And as time goes on. And for me, I don't have a lot of what I like to say, real estate to have the electrodes. And so I needed to start with two sites, one in the front, one in the back, because you have to be able to isolate the movement of in the contraction of just that muscle. So if you put two sites next to each other, it's really hard to contract one and not contract the other. So this was the best way to kind of start out by putting one in the front, one in the back. That way they don't kind of communicate with each other and they don't get confused. Wow. Well, uh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so, so looking back, you know, you, you've had a lot that's happened in the last four years. So if you could speak to yourself from four years ago or even yourself, you know, pre-cancer, pre-amputation, what would you want to tell yourself? You know, my theme is always, you can't control your circumstances, but you can choose your response. And that's what I would tell myself. Like, it's going to be okay. Choose how you want to respond to this. And that's how I kind of am facing the rest of my life. I have a lot of life left to live. And my life is, you know, my arm's not growing back. Although my kids ask, some, my youngest sometimes asks, like, when's your arm going to grow back? <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I have a lot of life left to live and I have lots of things that I want to do and I'm not going to let it stop me from that. And so I think just being able to tell myself it's going to be okay. That was sort of like these words, it's going to be okay. I kept seeing them everywhere. I mean, I, I was driving through Nashville, Tennessee one time and it was like painted on the side of a building. It's going to be okay. And so I was just like, this is, this is going to be fine. I'm going to survive. I can live life with one arm. I can still do anything I want to do, but I get to choose how I live that life. I get to choose how I respond to my circumstances. And, you know, I think no matter what, we all have our own challenges. We all have our own amputation, right? We all have our own struggles that we have to overcome. And, it's our choice if we want to be positive and find joy in every day and have hope. And that's what I choose to do. Hmm. I love that. You can, you can choose how you respond. I love that. Well, uh, so you mentioned this a minute ago, but uh, what's next? I mean, you've got a lot of life left to live. Uh, so you're, you, we talked about a book. You want to tell us about that? You're doing motivational speaking. I mean, tell us what's next for you. Yeah. So I've just had some things kind of fall into my lap where I've been able to go and 
share my story and share my journey. And, you know, for me, my faith is like the, the foundation of everything that I am and why I am the way I am. And that's what helps me have joy in every day. And that's what helps me kind of push forward and get through everything that I've been through. And so for me to be able to share my story and my journey and to share my faith and how that's grown and, you know, over the years, everything that I've been through, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it back. Like I wouldn't take back my cancer and I wouldn't take back my amputation because it's opening so many opportunities and so many doors for me to be able to share that. And so I just, I hope that that continues. I hope that I can continue to inspire other people and share my story and, you know, just uh, be able to motivate people to keep pushing forward and to keep moving forward. And so with that, I'm, you know, I am doing some speaking and I'm also writing a book. And so I'm excited about that. It's in the process right now. And it's a long process that I'm finding out writing a book is a very long process, but I'm really excited about it. And I hope that just, you know, for me, I almost think it, I think it's therapeutic too to kind of put my whole life and my story kind of in a book and something that you know hopefully somebody else can read who's going through not just a trial but multiple trials because I think that's my life right like it's not just one thing I I had lots of trials and crazy things happen to me even before my cancer journey and so to be able to say like you know yeah we all have trials but for those people who feel like okay I'm done like this is enough this is too many in a row, you know, I can't take any more. And to be able to say like, yes, you can, you can, you can take more and you can still uh, be positive through it all. So hopefully my, when I finally get my book published, hopefully that will uh, inspire some other people who are going through tough times. Well, I mean, you are inspiring and this conversation has been inspiring and I really appreciate that. So with that in mind, if our listeners do want to follow your journey, where is the best place for them to do that? Yeah, I have a Facebook page. It's just my name, Amy Reamer, A-M-Y. Last name is R-E-M-E-R. And I share my story on that page. I share my journey, uh, some pretty raw emotions and lots of the adventures that I'm going on. I've uh, just in the last year since my amputation, uh, just most recently, I rappelled down a 16-story building. And so, you know, I just like, I'm just like living life. I'm not going to let anything stop me and I'm going to live life to the fullest. And um, my dad's motto was always to live life with no regrets. And so that's what I'm trying to do is I don't ever want to look back and think, you know, I wasted that year because I was recovering from an amputation. No, if I want to rappel down a building, I'm going to rappel down a building. So I share all of that on my Facebook page, Amy Reamer. And then I also um, have shared some videos on a YouTube channel. It's how to with Amy's army. And I share, like, basically people ask me, how do you do this with one arm or with your prosthetic? And so I make a video here, you know, how to whatever, put your shoes on, tie your shoes with one arm. So I make some videos that I share on YouTube as well. Well, Amy, that's fantastic. I appreciate you opening your life uh, to be an inspiration to, to all the rest of us. And thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I hope that... Uh, you know, my, my goal is always one person. Like if I can, if one listener, one reader, one person in the audience, when I'm talking, if one person can be inspired, then I feel like it was all worth it. Well, you've inspired me today. So, uh, I think we'll, we'll hit that mark and then some, so thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Between the Bones podcast. We're glad you could join us today to learn more about this topic of orthopedic medicine. 
If you want to learn more, go to OrthoCarolina's website at www.orthocarolina.com. This podcast episode was produced by Edgewise with production and script writing by Clara Jennings and production and editing by Neil Gee. Thanks for listening.